mortgages can be a dry subject. So here's your oasis in the desert. It's the podcast that will get you talking and thinking, or more likely drinking. The Lennon to his McCartney, the Bird to his Ernie. It's the one and only Mortgage Stew and his sidekick Martin at the LM Experience. Hi there, welcome to the LM Experience. Uh, we're now talking on episode 32. Good morning, Martin. Good morning, Stu. We're rattling these off, aren't we? We are indeed. We're going to be on 33 soon if we keep them going at this rate. <laughs> uh, right, we're not going to mess around today, Stu. We've gone we've gone international. I thought Fantastic. we went international with Mike Dyson from Scotland, but we've gone overseas this time. I thought we'd uh, we better get someone in before Farage locks us into that echo chamber permanently. Um, we've got Michelle from Fortrum Consultancy from over in the Netherlands. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you. Now, Very I'm not even going to attempt your surname, okay? I do apologise for being ignorant and rude, but can you do your surname for me? Van der Schlaus. That's exactly how I would have pronounced Na, that. Not your book, not your turn. Van der Schlaus. That's that right. good. That's right. Brilliant. Well, welcome, <laughs> Michelle. What I thought was good, you, you, you've been referred to as by our old uh, guest post friend, uh, guest uh, podcast friend, um, uh, Rob Gill, uh, and he always likes us to mention his name every week, doesn't he? So we've got that out of the way early on, Stu. <laughs> um, so you, you, you operate, you work out in the Netherlands, um, and can you tell us a little bit about what Fortune do? Yeah, of course. Maybe a little bit about my background. Please do. Um, I started as a mortgage advisor, actually. Right. Um, and um, within a few years, I started working at lenders, large lenders like ABN AMRO, uh, Rabobank, ING in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. um, always on the mortgage side. So I've been in mortgages now for 14 years. And in 2015, I started my own company uh, as an independent consultant. And it has grown and grown and grown. And at the moment, we are Fortrum. And we do consultancy and due diligence, both in the Netherlands and in the UK. Um, so we have absolute, very deep knowledge about the local markets, uh, and we help um, large institutions like banks, investors, into the Dutch market. market. Is there is there a UK equivalent? Is someone doing what you do over here? Because I've not really heard of that kind of agency before. No, I think not in the combination. Yeah. No, mm-hmm. no you, of course you have consultancy firms specialized in mortgages, and you have consultancy uh, and due diligence firms, uh, okay. but not with the deep local knowledge that we have. So you managed to escape the broken role. A little bit. Congratulations, yeah. pretty well you look so young and healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just can you just give us a little bit of um, uh, sort of some comparison between the the, the mortgage market in the Netherlands cause, and the UK market? I'm guessing you know both very well. Yeah, I know. Are there I know some the, similarities? Yeah. And are there some um, major disparities? I mean, is there any commonality? Yeah, absolutely. So, first, maybe some general figures about the mortgage market to give some comparison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, the Dutch market market. It has an outstanding debt of about 702 billion euros. So that's about 600,000, 600, uh, uh, 600 billion pounds, I suppose. Yeah, uh, that's outstanding. Outstanding, okay. yeah. So in new origination every year is about 100 billion okay, well, uh, in we're euros. Okay, 300 again. billion, I think, yeah, yeah we yeah. give or take. So that, that gives them some figures at least. Um, we have about 15,000 uh, mortgage advisors and about six or 7,000 brokers. Okay, that seems like an awful lot for quite a small country. It is. Bear in mind, I think we've probably about 10,000 in in the UK. Yeah, it is. So, and if you look at the new origination, about still 73% of new origination goes to brokers. So, brokerage is is absolutely massive in the Netherlands, still. That's Mm. also a very similar figure to here, I think, uh, Stu, would you say? About 70%, 70 75% is via the broker channel. Do you presume you also have lenders that go direct to the consumer, Absolutely. vice versa. That's Absolutely. Okay, so it's yeah. for 
got a lot of synergy there. With with regards to being a mortgage broker in the Netherlands, how does it work? Is it driven around do the clients pay fees? Do do the brokers receive commission from the from the lenders, for example? They did it in the past. Uh, they, we now have a ban on commission ah. uh, since a few years, since uh, okay. 2013. Okay. Uh, so it's not possible to have any commission from the lender anymore. Okay. Um, and there were a lot Sorry, of. That's a really interesting point because it's, yeah. it's very, very on topic, I think, within our industry, Stu. Yeah. And I think also recently in Australia this year, they had a, a very similar debate about, about the banning of commissions. Uh, I, think, I think they've maybe backtracked on that. But the important thing is if asked a question once, they can easily come back and ask it slightly differently next time around. So just talk us through that. So well, 2013, did you say that yep. was? So yep. how did that come about? Who drove that? Was that a regulator? Was that a consumer? Regulator. But it wasn't a broker. <laughs> no, no, no. It was absolutely the regulator who drove it. Um, and there was a lot of fear before it was introduced as well. Uh, as you might imagine, if you're a broker and uh, you can have a commission from the lender... And now you have to go to the consumer. You have to right, actually check. charge him. Yeah, yeah. that's what, a major difference. How, yeah. what, what, how was it priced? Was it uh, was it a percentage of the loan? What kind of what kind of figures would you be looking at? Yeah, usually percentage of the loan, but it differs a lot. Okay. So if you had, for example, if you did an investment mortgages, you you get way more mm. provision uh, mm-hmm. of commission than you would have for an, an annuity or interest only. Right, and. I think that's also one of the reasons why they started the ban and commission. It was, was product driven. Yeah, yeah it, it was product driven. Oh, yeah. And so, are you absolutely sure that the consumer had the best offer that he could possibly have? Mm-hmm. No, you you didn't. Um, so that's why the ministry uh, decided to have a ban and commission. And how how big a lead in was that? I mean, what, how much warning did the brokers get to sell their Ferraris? I mean. I think there wasn't a real big difference, Ah. actually. So they did an evaluation in uh, 2018, and the ministry uh, did two investigations because they wanted to know the results of the Bannon Commission. Did it really work? And what was the result? And and were there less brokers? And did they still have an earning model? So what they said is the Bannon Commission was effective. It was was effective. It was effective. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the fear of not being able to um, have a stable earnings model, it didn't happen. Because mm-hmm. actually, if you look at the broker level, it stayed almost six, 7,000 um, in the Netherlands. So it, it, it didn't drop, actually. And if it did, it did it drop a little bit, but it's also because of the financial crisis and not speci- specifically for... Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so there were no issues identified regarding the accessibility for consumers uh, uh-huh. for getting advice. Although, if you are a low-income family, mm-hmm. it is more uh, difficult. And creates an advice gap that exactly. they can't afford to exactly. pay the pro- Okay, yeah. that's quite interesting. Because we, mm-hmm. we had a, a ban on commissions on the financial side yep. um, in 2012 with RDR. Um, uh, on, that's on the investments and the pension side. Um and I think that's been quite successful. I don't, I don't really, uh, that's not really my market. But it has also created a device gap whereby, um, as you say, lo- low-income individuals can't pay the price now to enter the market for advice. Where do those people go? Do they go back to the banks or did they become the mortgage prisoners that we have over here? Or do they just drift along on a standard variable rate? No. Um, I think if you're a consumer and you're looking to buy a house or to refinance it, you will just go to the go to the broker. You will just pay it. Uh, yeah. And the fees are about, it, when in 2013 it was about 2,100 euros and for advice and mediation, and now it's about 2,300 euros. Okay. So 
<laughs> regardless of loan size, it's just yep. that's the standard. And is there, is there a presumably there are margins there that some can charge more, some can charge yeah, less? Then you can presumably you can uh, waive th- th- it for this your best is, friend. This is average. Yeah, this is the average okay. numbers. Yeah. yeah. So give, given the state of the euro and the pound, that's you, you're probably looking at around about two thousand pounds. Yeah, that's correct. I think we get away that's with correct. that. Steve? be interesting to try um, <laughs> but with regards to the other work that Fortrum do currently um, th- does that link in for example with different plans that for example banks or lenders might have for the future with what they want to do with their own lending book for example um, what what sort of services would Fortrum normally offer for example a bank uh, for a bank uh, so if there's a change for legislation we will help so for course, of course also for the introduction of the ban of commission or other legislation, we will just help and implement it. Also taking into account the roles of the intermediaries or the brokers. Okay. So because we know the market. So we know what's happening in the market. So we will translate that as well into the new policies uh, within lenders. Oh, fantastic. How many, how many lenders are there in the in the? Dutch so market? you have, um, you have, I think about 20, 25 lenders. Okay. Um, if you look at the numbers, in 2015-16, the top three banks had almost 70% of the new wow. origination. Wow. That reduced to about 50%, and the non-banks have stepped in. Mm-hmm. And that's because of Basel. Um, so there was a, definitely a shift of who was originating it. Um, and yeah, the, the, what, what, the, was, what was the specific rule that, that drove that breaking up of the cartel? Uh, Basel. Yeah, but Basel what, three, what Basel specifically four. about it? What, 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 what does that mean? Um, you, you have to have more capital. So okay. if you're a bank and so you, you have let, about... lend less. Yeah, you can yeah. lend less. So if you have a, um, a mortgage portfolio of about 160 uh, billion euros, you, have, you need more capital in your balance. Mm. And that costs a lot of money. Mm. Um, so that will reduce the appetite of lenders mm-hmm. to originate more, to extend their portfolios. And encourage new, new lenders to come into the market to exactly. replace it. Yeah, exactly. And it creates more competition and regulators like competition. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's also one of the reasons why when the MCD was introduced, so the mortgage credit director was introduced, mm-hmm. it, um, it just helps to get more competition into the market and also from foreign investors as well. Yep. What does it, what's the consumer do um, uh, in terms of, do you have two-year fixed rates, five-year fixed rates, interest only you mentioned earlier, did it take 25-year terms, 30-year terms, how does that work? We have, have almost everything. everything. So we have variable rates and uh, up to 30-year uh, fixed rates. Right. So the prices will be from 165 for five-year on 80% LTV to about 285 on a 30-year maturity. Wow. wow. That's impressive. That's good. I'm going to yeah. go. I'm moving to Amsterdam. I'm <laughs> having some of that. That's, that's really cheap. Yeah, but if you go to Amsterdam, you would have another problem. It's ten, buy- 10 feet below sea level for a start. <laughs> that's for start. But also you have buy-to-let a lot in, in Amsterdam. Ah, so about t- tell 20- me about that. Because we, we, we've had an issue with buy-to-let in the UK for a while, which has mm. kind of driven the first-time buyer into extinction. They're coming back a little bit now. But is there an issue with that within, within um, Amsterdam as well, do you think? I think it's becoming a little bit more of an issue. Yeah. Okay. It's about 25% at the moment of new of the, of the sold dwellings are 20, buy to 24 is a buy-to-let. So in London, yeah. if there's 8 million people, 2 million buy-to-let mortgages a yeah. year. Yeah. That's so crazy. In the, in the entire of the Netherlands at the moment, it's about 11%. That's not so sustainable, that's, is it? That, No, but Do I, I don't think it will keep on in that, at this pace. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it will stabilize a little bit. Is the buy-to-let regulated in... Not, not as in the UK, so we don't have stamp duties or etc. Okay. But uh, our authority financial market, so the FCA in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. um, does look very strictly at the way you are originating these loans. Okay. So, for example, if you're a non-professional buyer, 
you will do the normal, regular affordability checks, oh, okay. like you're buying a normal house. So I think we're a little bit more prudent on that side. Mm-hmm. Um, and has, that, this, has it driven rents up as a result? Because that was a, an un- unintended consequence in the UK uh, over the past few years. A little bit. But I think, especially if you look at the big four cities, um, like Amsterdam with 25%, mm-hmm. so 80 or 90% of that percentage will be apartments. And they will rent it out and that will drive the, the rents up. Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. What's happening with house prices as a result as well? Because there's, there's a lot of liquidity going into a very concentrated exactly. amount of yeah. property there. I'm guessing that prices have gone up. Absolutely, but not only for not only because of buy to let. There are uh, many developments like the shortage of housing. So we have mm-hmm. in, in 2020 we will have about 290,000 dwellings short. Right. Okay. And that will just keep on increasing. You have to go and reclaim more of the North Sea then. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But what, I, but I guess as well, it, it's I mean for, for the UK at the moment with regards to kind of. Dreaded B word, but we use it. Brexit. With regards to some companies, for example, if they chose to have, for example, Amsterdam or, or the areas around Amsterdam as a base moving forwards, that in itself then obviously then could internally put more pressure on the housing structure in the area as well. Yep. I guess from that front, absolutely. Yep. Which then obviously kind of pushes yeah. it down further down that line, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. What, what's happening in the Dutch mortgage market? Is there any innovation? Is there anything that we can learn f- from you? Can we? Can Stu and I get ahead of the curve? You got any secrets? Basically, is what I'm asking you. Uh, of course, we have a lot of Good. secrets. <laughs> well, I, I actually think that the UK, in a lot of in a lot of ways, is about five years ahead of the Dutch okay. market. Okay. So we're looking at uh, buy to let from the UK. Yeah. If you look at late life lending, we're looking at the things that happen in the UK. Mm-hmm. I think the things you can learn from the Dutch market is the way we look at affordability. Okay. We are a little bit more prudent. We have a little bit more stringent rules on how we do that. And as a result of it, our uh, defaults have been low for years and years, even during the economic crisis. Do you know what kind of figures we're talking zero, about? Zero point two percent. Zero 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 point two percent. Yeah. <laughs> and in the in the in the maximum level at the in, at the crisis, in about two fourteen to fifteen, it was zero point seven. Right. And it's it's been stable forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it has something to do with the way we lend the money to the consumers. Do you have a relationship income? that the, also the broker has with? Uh, do you, do you, you have an income multiple? Like we over here, it's a very complex. You know, the worst question you can ask a broker is how much money can I borrow because it's just like hours worth of work. Do you, is it similar? Is it, each lender will have an affordability calculation? There's no set standard of 4.75 times or anything like that? No, not, not that simple. No. no, we have a very complex table uh, for the calculation as well. Yeah. Mm, so it's basically a very, very traditional underwriting model where everything's looked at. In terms Absolutely. of, it's not just a bespoke, Absolutely. computer says no, computer yeah. says yes type approach, really. No, but there is a maximum by law. Yeah. So the affordability is set by law. Mm. And you can go above, uh, but you have to explain it. And you have to motivate it in your in your advice report. Mm-hmm. So, And of course, if you're a mortgage advisor, you will be pretty careful to do that as well. Yes, yeah, because again, all the statistics in the background will be viewed and... Yep. The percentages of how many cases of that nature you then put forward will be assessed exactly. as well. I and guess. if the AFM will check your file as a mor- as a mortgage broker, yeah. you better be careful. Did you say at the start that, that, that all the brokers are concentrated in six or seven firms? Or do you have d- big firms that do lots, lots of one-man bands? Or is it quite fragmented or is it concentrated? I think it's about 50-50. Yeah. Um, but there are about six, seven large firms uh, like Hypotheca is the biggest in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. uh, Hypotheca, Fizi, etc. So um, you have a lot of franchise in the Netherlands, of course. Um, yeah. But you still have a lot of independent brokers with one or two 
um, yeah, advisors on yeah. board. Okay. Um, and you mentioned later life lending just briefly there, because yeah. um, that's, that's probably been very on vogue in, in the UK over the past two or three years with equity release and retirement mortgages now coming very much to the fore. So you must be seeing a change in demographics as well then in the Netherlands regarding that. Absolutely. In the Netherlands, I, th- I think it's the same as the UK. Um, population is getting older. Um, we definitely can expect that um, uh, everybody's going for a pension at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so the income will be less. And still, we want to have, we want to help first of all everybody uh, to uh, renew the mortgage when it's necessary. Mm-hmm. So that can help for late life lending, but also for energy savings measures. Something's very uh, hot topic at the moment in the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. So late life lending will also be used for uh, energy saving measures as well. Oh, excellent! And what do you see in the UK market that you think actually that's really good? We like that. We're going to nick that. Is there anything that you can see from an innovation point of view that we're doing well? Um, I think it, it's the way you develop the products. Yeah. I think you're early on, uh, I'm about five years ahead still right. on, uh, on the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I think on the other hand, if you look at the technology part, I think the Netherlands is a little bit farther in yeah. creating blockchain and mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, in the, in the market. That's more of a Rob chain. deal. He'll be back on here talking about blockchain if you're not careful. <laughs> um, Robo advice, is that, is that something that we're talking about there? Absolutely. Is that, yeah. is that, is that quite pioneering over in It's starting. It's starting, yeah. yeah. So I also heard uh, your podcast uh, with uh, with Linda. Mm-hmm. Uh, I absolutely agree with her. It, it will become massive in uh, in the upcoming years. Uh, and I think if you're a broker, you have to look at the role that you have and the way you can add value still uh, at that yes, moment. Yes, interesting. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, but in the Netherlands, everybody's looking at robo-advice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to get, you get ahead of the curve, haven't we? You have to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, although they're mentioning it for a few years already. So I think it will take an, at least another five years. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's one of those time? things that needs a bit more traction going behind absolutely. it, doesn't it? Yeah. Brilliant. Listen, Michelle, that was that was really useful. That was very, very interesting. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, um, thank you very much for that. Uh, last question before you go. Have you got a football team? I don't, but my son would be very, very disappointed <laughs> if I would mention that he, I should be in favour for Ajax. Of course, why wouldn't he be? And what a great team they've got right absolutely. now. So he's presumably watching the game tonight. He's very confident about uh, that no, game I w- against Spurs. I will be home very late. So oh, you're not going to watch it, but your boy will watch it. <laughs> he will. Okay, yeah. well, well, we'll be cheering you on. Uh, Stu, there we go, 32 in the can. Thank you, Michelle. It's fantastic. Indeed, yeah. Thank you, Michelle. That's great. Um, also, as well, if you would like to come on the show yourself in future future episodes, please get in contact with us via Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at the LM Experience. We will be back shortly with more episodes for you. Brilliant. Michelle, Stu, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe and follow us on Twitter. And remember, there ain't no party like a highly regulated mortgage party, and your home may be repossessed if you do not keep up repayments on a mortgage or any other debt secured on it.